The First Amendment brings many foundational rights to America. The First Amendment protects assembly, press, but most importantly, freedom of speech, the right for anyone to say almost anything. It was introduced on December 15, 1791, as a part of the Bill of Rights. Important figures of the time, such as the Founding Fathers and authors, namely John Locke, formed the idea during the Enlightenment era when they surmised that humans should, in fact, not toil and work for kings and lords until they die, instead that humans are given certain unalienable rights that cannot be taken away, namely life, the pursuit of happiness, but most importantly, liberty, the freedom to be free. Since 1791, the world has changed, and the laws have changed drastically. Many minor and significant tweaks made to statutes brought by the First Amendment are decided based on Supreme Court rulings. When the Supreme Court takes controversial, or rather, complicated cases and decides on a verdict for the case, this is known as a landmark case. Landmark cases change the law regarding how Supreme Court judges settle the case. A typical, typical example is Miranda v. Arizona, where the Supreme Court agreed that upon arrest, every citizen is entitled to hear the rights immediately applicable to them at the time of arrest, commonly known as Miranda rights. You are now under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney now and during any future question. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you. When Supreme Court cases take on the topic of free speech, the judge's decision affects the trajectory of free speech and therefore the rights of U.S. citizens. The subsequent three cases demonstrate the power of the court to change and tweak the First Amendment as they believe the Constitution deems appropriate. And how freedoms we feel to be shaped in stone frequently bend and flex to the will of everyday people. Case number one, Morse v. Frederick. In late 2002, Joseph Frederick, a senior student at Jeannot Douglas High School in Alaska, decided that he was the next prophet. He made a grand statement, a controversial statement, a statement to disrupt the church canon. Frederick hung up a banner stating, Bong Hits for Jesus. His flag was on full display outside of school grounds during the 2002 Olympic ceremony his high school was viewing. His statement disrupted the Pope's slumber and greatly angered his principal, Deborah Morse, who took the banner, ripped it down off the wall, and suspended the unlikely prophet for ten days and ten nights. Frederick decided that this act of censorship committed by his principal was unconstitutional under 42 U.S. Code Section 1983, Civil Action for Deprivation of Rights, which states, Every person who, under color of any statute, ordinance, regulation, custom, or usage, of any state or territory or the District of Columbia, subjects, or causes to be subjected, any citizen of the United States or other person within the jurisdiction thereof to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured by the Constitution and laws, shall be liable to the party injured in an action at law. Sourced from Cornell Law Essentially what this means was that Deborah infringed on his constitutional rights. With this in his hands, Frederick decided to sue his principal and lost in the district court. Ruling that Morse did not infringe on any constitutional rights and that even if she did, she had qualified immunity because of her status as a government employee. Frederick took this verdict, rolled it, and most likely smoked it and decided to try again in the U.S. Court of Appeals Ninth Circuit where the previous decision was reversed with the landmark case of Tinker v. Des Moines Independent Community School District, 
which decided that students still had their First Amendment right on school property. The final decision was made by the Supreme Court and was five against four for Deborah Morse. Her to conclude that the banner promoted illegal drug use in violation of established school policy and that failing to act would send a powerful message to the students entrusted to her care, including Frederick, about how serious the school really was about the dangers of illegal drug use. The First Amendment does not require schools to tolerate at school events student expression that contributes to those dangers. Cited from Oyes.com and the Supreme Court. This verdict decided that students' freedom of speech was just not as accessible as graduated adults, and that Morse was exempt from the suit. The case started with a senior prank, took over five years to decide, and has impacted students' lives everywhere, proving God may bless America, but in 2002, Jesus took a hit for students everywhere. Case number two, Virginia v. Black. One of the brutal truths to accept regarding free speech is that the law will be inevitably used by unsavory people and groups, namely, in this case, the Ku Klux Klan. For example, Barry Black and two cohorts set a cross on fire on the lawn of an African-American neighbor in Virginia, 1998. Because of cross-burning's long association with a hate crime, Virginia law holds a statute stating, Burning cross on property of another or public place with intent to intimidate, penalty prima facie evidence of intent. The term prima facie is essential in this case and means legally sufficient to establish a fact or a case unless disproved, according to Merriam-Webster's legal dictionary. Back to the case, Black objected to the statute that cross-burning alone is prima facie evidence of intent to intimidate. When Black took this to the Virginia Supreme Court, they agreed with his ruling that the statute was overbroad and infringed on free speech. The act of burning a cross may mean that the person is engaging in constitutionally proscribable intimidation, or it may mean only that the person is engaged in core political speech. The prima facie provision blurs the line between these meanings. The First Amendment does not permit such a shortcut. Thus, Black's conviction cannot stand, and the judgment as to him is affirmed. Also sourced from Oyez and the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, however, flipped this verdict with a majority of seven for Virginia agreed that cross-burning should be illegal if sufficient evidence supports that the burning was a threat. Still, cross-burning itself is not prima facie evidence for threatening intent. While a court ruling like this may seem minor, as I doubt many plan on burning crosses anytime soon. Minor tweaks and changes to law speak volumes as this case confirmed to many that hate groups such as the Klan are protected under the First Amendment. Case number three. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of New York Incorporated v. Village of Stratton. The last case to discuss is Watchtower Bible Society v. Stratton. This case is the most recent to affect religious rights, specifically door-to-door religious orators. The Watchtower Bible and Tract Society is a denomination of Christians, namely Jehovah's Witnesses. Their entire recruitment model involves their door-to-door tactic. Still, the village of Stratton in Ohio had a specific ordinance banning door-to-door practices, 
namely salespeople, politicians, and religious orators. The village had a population of 277 as of the 2000 census, and the case took place in 1999. The first two cases involving the matter with the district in 1999 and appeals court in 2002 took the side of Stratton, claiming their fear of fraud and aggressive sales practices thereby justified the ordinance. Still, the Watchtower Bible Society kept pushing to the Supreme Court. The Watchtower Society cited the First Amendment, namely their right to press and free speech. With the First Amendment claim, the Supreme Court judges decided within months that the Watchtower Society was merely exercising their rights. We note that the ordinance covers far more than commercial activity and the solicitation of funds. It applies to religious and political activity and would would seem to extend to the spontaneous speech on a Sunday afternoon of a neighbor who decided to ring uh, ring a neighbor's doorbell and ask him to vote against the mayor at the next election, something like that. Once again sourced from Oyez.com and the Supreme Court. This case, while relatively small, has allowed door-to-door speakers, salespeople, and orators alike to continue their practices to this day. These cases have all changed a foundational right set into place hundreds of years ago. A high school stoner, a racist, a Jehovah's Witness, all managed to carve their way into the Bill of Rights with the power of a Supreme Court ruling. As times change, the laws change with them, even the laws made during the inception of America by the Founding Fathers. As their names are set in history books, they are still among the like of Joseph Frederick, Deborah Morse, and Barry Black, and other Americans who, for right or wrong, sought for change in their own rights.